Hello, all. This is Hope Stolsteimer, and I'm joined by Dylan Yang, as always. Uh, this is Coming In Without Context. Later on, we'll have a guest, um, Sabrina, who will be joining us. Um, but for now, I'm going to just say what my topic is. Um, so <laughs> the title is, To What Are We Obliged? Uh, do you have any initial thoughts on to what we are obliged? I think that we don't owe anything to anybody. Okay, Hope. See, listen. Like, I know you. You, 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 you know, people say like you. You owe your parents for giving birth to you and raising you with with love and affection. But I think that's not intrinsically true. I think you don't owe them anything and they don't owe you anything, but but the fact that you have a mutual relationship is great and in that within that mutual relationship it is good practice to return favors um, and take care of them in their old age and generally treat each other with respect. That's my initial take. But there's no obligation within that. That's all personal choice and yeah. Based on relationship. I think it kind of goes back to the nihilism I mentioned a few episodes ago. Like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not into I'm not a full believer in that. Um I don't think I ever was a full believer in that. Maybe at some point, so I don't know. But um like really I mean I guess I guess you kind mm, I mean so so okay, let's let I want to talk this out. So Born. When you're born, you're a baby. You're a helpless baby, right? And that's just the nature of being of humans. But then, but then also is like like the quote unquote maternal instinct and like t- raising the baby also natural human instinct. Like I feel like if evolution, if humans were like. Nah, we're not gonna we're not gonna raise our babies anymore. Y- y'all are on your own, like some other animals, you know, like they just ditch right at birth. I think evolution would have decided that oh, humans need to be more equipped from birth, right? I mean, I, we talked about this in another episode. Evolution doesn't decide anything. It's more like random things happen, and some of them live on, and other things don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you bring up an interesting point when you say, like, we're not obligated to anything for our parents. Like, if you have a mutual relationship, that's great. But do parents have any obligations towards their children? No. Um, I mean, I think I think it's correct to feel like there's something weird or something wrong about that. Like, I think that's natural. But I don't think, like, the universe is telling everyone that like either either parents or the kid owe each other anything um I'm, but, i mean but the law does <laughs> yeah the laws the well the laws are put in place by us so like that's that's like that's just human bias you know like you can't if you if if morality was based on human laws shit would be real real messed up especially if you go back like a century or two to like slavery and like pre-civil rights movement you know 
that's like a common discussion that's held in uh in ethics classes <laughs> where it's like if if ethics are based on laws then that means that slavery was ethical at the time because it was legal yeah kind of jumping back to the discussion though so do you believe that the universe is what like decides the obligations and that it decided that there are no obligations of anyone to anyone i think that's giving i think that's personifying the universe too much i was using that as like a just a, a broad term for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I don't think there's anything that says that we owe each other anything. Like it's uh, like, it's hard to describe with words. Cause it, inevitably you're going to be like, Oh, who's deciding that is God deciding that. But like, no, like I don't think anyone, anything is deciding that it just is the way it is that no one owes each other anything. Um, and I wanted to, to ex- like add on to my previous point that like, I'm thinking about like all the different animals. So like some animal species actually eat their own, uh, progeny, right? Like as a, mm-hmm. they're born. Um, <laughs> and then in that case, like you, you really, the parents really don't owe their kids anything because they're the ones, uh, eating them alive. So <laughs> So I know you've been using a lot of examples of like familial relationships and not having obligations to your parents or to your children. Um, But do we as humans have any obligation to like humanity itself, like to our fellow man? As a human being, I want, I want to say yes, because that would be great if, if humanity could come together, Um, you know, that would put an end to, all wars, all hate. I don't know if it would do that. <laughs> we don't know how deep these obligations are. But. No, no. If, if everyone, if every single person had in their mentality that they owe other humans decency and respect, I think that would solve a lot of problems. Um, yeah, maybe not all problems, but that would that would cross off like a lot of problems um, on the list because a lot of things are driven by you know human emotion, spite, you know imbalances in power, uh, hierarchies, and I feel like if you just have that that even a small amount of respect for other people, you know that that goes a long ways. Yeah, and so I know you were saying like ideally you think we should have an obligation and that would solve problems but what's your like realist take i think the fact that there are wars and everything like that i think that proves that there is no such obligation (laughs) you want me to expand on that i mean it it brings me to another point that i wanted to ask and that's like what so you were saying, like, ideally, we would feel obligated to our fellow man, but, like, realistically, we aren't. <laughs> or at least we we feel that we aren't, or enough people feel that they aren't. So what happens if, let's say, like, theoretically, we do have obligations to other people, but people aren't fulfilling those obligations? What happens, like, what of unfulfilled obligations? Like, if we decide that you're obligated to have at least a small amount of respect for every person... 
what then if someone doesn't have any respect for every person? Um, are you asking like, how do we deal with them? Or just like, what's the implications of that? I think honestly, in how our society and how our relationships are set up, those sorts of peoples are would rise to the top. I think there's like, you know, there's like the commonly touted statistic that that like, I don't know, some large percentage of CEOs are, are psychopaths, right? Um, and that's because they don't feel like they owe anyone else anything. If you gave an example of like a kid acting coldly or like emotionlessly to, towards their parent or parental figure or friends or anything like that, you'd, you'd be like, wow, that kid is weird. But then not being... Like, and this is like a negative way to put it, but not being tied down by those relationships, by by like the the thoughts that, oh, I need to act in this certain way towards these people. I need to treat them this certain way. Not being tied down by those things gives you the freedom and sort of the the initiative to do things that a lot of other people might not do. And that would theoretically help you get ahead. Uh, now, of course, like not everybody who has those traits is going to get ahead, but I, but I feel like, you know, s- uh, some amount of those traits have to be successful um, depending on like what your goal is, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And I think the, um, the correct statistic is that the profession with the highest proportion of psychopaths in it is CEOs. Like of like if you see if you find like psychopaths and you like survey them on what profession they're in, um, the profession with the most psychopaths is CEOs. It's not that a large proportion of CEOs are psychopaths. Yeah, yeah. It's a slight difference. It doesn't make that much of a difference, but that I think that's the actual statistic. Um Also, uh, if our society is structured towards people who feel no obligation to others, is there any way we can structure it differently to kind of favor those who are, do feel obligated to like humanity in general? Okay. I feel like we're getting into the the politics here. Um, okay. (laughs) okay. I want to preface this by saying, um, that, I'm not proclaiming the benefits or, or uh, what's the opposite of benefits? The consequences? Yes, the consequences. I'm, I'm, I am not proclaiming the benefits or consequences one way or the other about what I'm about to say, but I'm, I just want dis- to like discuss it theoretically. So <laughs> I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. Um, so communism... That's exactly where I thought you were going. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've I learned in high school, and I, I know we've had we've talked about this before, and you like heard something different. I learned in high school that communism was just socialism, but through like violent revolution and like 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 enforcing it through through force. Um, so so I guess what I mean to say um, in terms of our discussion is socialism, um, where. I- that's definitely not the correct definition of communism. Listen, I, I, we've, we've talked about this before. That's just what <laughs> that someone, I don't know how. Communism and socialism are both related to economics, not political 
like obviously it's become very closely tied with like political ideology but it's yeah it's about how the state is able to control the i mean that makes it political but like it's about the state controlling the economy whereas socialism the state controls the economy but there's also capitalistic aspects it's like a mixture anyways continue (laughs) you can well you can apply like i know you said it's about economics but you can apply the economics to like any given um interrelational situation right like so for example um like not just talking about currency if you're talking about like if um you have a group of 10 and nine of them do labor then theoretically nine of them um should get (laughs) the theoretically nine of them should get the rewards of those labor where the final person gets nothing for doing nothing right like that's that's in theory how it should work right and in that sense you are being rewarded for cooperating for contributing to the the effort and then if you're not contributing if you decide to go it alone or if you decide to just not cooperate then you would be punished through lack of reward if not like actually punished through like negative negative consequences from the other people and um how does that relate to what we were discussing before about um being considerate of the other people around you so i guess that system of work is built on a give take well i guess all systems of Awards are built built on give take, but but like in that situation, whatever you're putting in, um, you're getting the fruits of that labor in return, and so it is encouraged, it is incentivized to collaborate, to treat each other in a certain way um, that enhances that goal. Is that what you were asking? <laughs> Yeah, sort of. Um, The next guiding question I wanted to go into is, do we have obligations to ourselves as human beings? You mean like taking care of yourself or? Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Are there any obligations beyond just taking care of yourself? Like, do you have any more to elaborate on that? I don't want to put you on the spot. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, well, I definitely think taking care of yourself is the most important before you can think of anything else. And, um, I guess, like, I think you guys are talking about this before, but also, like, obligation to the people around you and making their lives better, not just yours. Um, so, like, to expand on that, I, I, I guess I'm curious, like, why there why what okay so first why and then how these obligations exist slash would be enforced um because i honestly i (laughs) like continuing from my previous line of thinking i would say no and that's and i feel like that no has a lot that goes with it but i'm curious to hear what sabrina has to say first um well if we're talking about like being selfish or selfless. Um, I think definitely being selfless 
while it also like it benefits the people around you, you're helping other people. You're also helping yourself by being selfless. So it, it does connect to you know taking care of yourself. And while like it's not a written rule, like honestly, like most of the rules that we live by aren't, you know, it's not like written down somewhere or like we we're not born knowing it. It's just a part of society. And I think a lot of things like religion, for example, or culture influences these rules. But I forgot where I was going. <laughs> but um they're just, you know, guidelines to follow to live like a fulfilling life in society. No, that's that's good. I agree with that. I, I wanted to like focus on like one thing you said, which was when you're selfless, um, it's also helping you as well. So like going back to like the question of do you owe yourself something? Like, isn't if you were like truly selfless and like you were willing to give up everything of your of your personal belongings to like others, isn't that ultimately betraying your obligations to yourself? Well, yeah, but when I say like selfless, there is like, I believe like an extent to how selfless you can be. Like, I, I feel like everyone is inherently selfish and it's up to you. Like, I'm not, I, I don't think it's a good thing to, you know, or wait, hold on, let me rephrase that. Um, <laughs> I don't think you should necessarily give up everything you own to someone else as like a, an act of kindness. Cause like most importantly, everyone has to be a little selfish to, you know, take care of yourself. I think that's like the obligation you have to yourself to make your life, you know, or to live your life. Like there definitely should be an extent to how selfless you're being. Oh, and I think with the right amount, like it, it really can't hurt to like, you know, help out a neighbor or like a friend, um, as long as it doesn't really interfere with your own life too much. Yeah, I definitely agree. This summer I had an internship with like the community engagement center at our college and I had to interview my supervisor and he's pretty much spent most of his adult life working with like nonprofits and other community organizations to try and help people. And I thought it was really interesting because, you know, at some point you honestly probably give too much to other people. And so part of what I was really interested in seeing like, where are the limits? Like how much are you obligated to yourself, but how much are you obligated to the people around you? Um, and what is like that divide? Because I personally believe that we are obligated to our communities and we do like need to pay them back in some way, but also there has to be a line drawn. If you're someone who, especially like your career revolves around it, when, when's the cutoff? When do you stop being involved in certain things? And when do you take time for yourself? And I think that's a question uh, that a lot of people who are heavily involved in like, like community organizing or activism have to figure out for themselves as they go through their careers or anything that they pursue, because you'll burn out if you don't have some time for yourself. And I was, uh, this kind of leads me to my next question. How do we structure our days around our obligations to make sure we fulfill them, but also to make sure we have time for like our own lives? I think as our society is set up now, I don't think that is built in at all. Um, because 
Like, if you think about how much work culture is emphasized in capitalist countries, having spoken to a lot of people who act like are full-time workers um, as part of my summer internship, like a lot of them will say, if I, if I ask them about like anything they do in their free time, any hobbies they have, or even like any volunteer work they do, um, a lot of them will say, oh, I'm really focused in my work, in my family. I don't have any time for myself. I don't have any time to really pursue any hobbies, any activities, anything outside of just going to work in the morning, coming home in the evening, eating dinner, and then like taking care of kids or whatever, going to, going to bed, right? I, so I don't think, I don't think it, it is at all part of our society. And I, I, there's definitely like a movement, a growing movement to change that, to change that culture. But, but as it is right now, it, it's not there. Yeah, I think work culture can definitely be, um, like it's mostly very toxic and takes a big toll on those people. But um, when you talk about like obligations, like obviously there's community service and like giving back to the people in the community around you. And like that stuff takes a lot of time and effort and dedication. And I think even if you don't necessarily have the time to do that, you could still have these sort of obligations as a part of part of your life, like work life, as in like how you treat the people you work with or um, how you how you behave, I guess, in, in the different environments that you're in or, um, or like how you feel about the work that you're doing because isn't like your work supposed to also contribute towards society? That just brought me to like another interesting question. Uh, you ended that saying like, shouldn't your work contribute to society? I feel like there's plenty of jobs that don't <laughs> contribute much to society. I hope they're in the minority, but I don't know if they are or not. And how do you think people can try and reconcile, like, if their work life is like, well, their life life is like they go to work, they come home, they take care of their kids and they go to sleep and they do it again if their job isn't contributing to society. And do they have, do they still have to fulfill the same obligations of being kind to others and contributing back to the community? Um, so just a quick question, just so we're on the same page, like what jobs do you consider are not very like contributing to society? I was curious about that too. Oh no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like marketing, <laughs> um, like a lot of business, maybe because I'm kind of anti-business, but like accounting, marketing, um, I don't really have many off the top of my head, but like. No, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, no, I, I understand how like some jobs might seem sort of obsolete. And again, okay, not, not to turn this into a debate, but as a business major, I do think those um, careers are very, like are very like major parts of, you know, just the businesses or companies that kind of, how do I say, like play a big part in our lives. I'm but sorry. On the other hand, <laughs> oh, no, 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 don't be, it's, it's completely fine. But, yeah, get it, Sabrina. No, I, I am not a marketing or accounting major, so it's okay. Like, I do think accounting is very boring, but 
people hire accountants because they don't want to do that boring stuff like calculating numbers and counting things. So I like, yeah. But um, with your other point, like if you if your job doesn't feel very satisfying, um, you mentioned that you go home and you take care of your kids. I think family is another big obligation, like taking care of your kids or your partner or your parents, I think can also be very rewarding if you see it as like an obligation. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm, I understand like what Hope was saying initially, like it's hard to sometimes see like what the direct output or, or value is from certain jobs. But, but I, I think I would more agree with Sabrina in that like there, the jobs exist for a reason. Um, like it might not be a good reason. It might not be like a, a, a efficient or like ethical reason, but yet like the reasons that those jobs still continue to exist is that they, they contribute something to society. Right. Um, and, and like speaking more on the, the family thing that Sabrina touched on again, I feel like it's, it's not necessarily like you have um, like you, you look to that as like your alternative to doing some meaningful work. Um, I, I feel like it's more like that's your excuse or like your, your, yeah, your excuse to, to what you're outputting because like you can, you can spend all day at work and then come home and then look at your family and be like, I am raising my kids. I'm a devoted wife, husband, parent, etc. And you know, that, that has some value, but, but like, I almost feel like that's not, that's just something you, you can tell to yourself to, to feel better. Wait, this is, this Wait, so are you saying that caring about your family is not good enough? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just straight off the bat be like, I disagree with that as someone who yeah. doesn't particularly want a family later on in life. Um, because I feel like a lot of things like raising a family or even doing certain jobs, I didn't mean to attack business majors. One of my close friends is an accounting major and I oh, yeah. specifically no, no. said I, her. Yeah, <laughs> it's completely know. fine. <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't but mean anyways, to make it into this. <laughs> I was going to say, um, like raising a family or doing certain jobs, you can't see um, like immediate impacts. Like even the supervisor who I was talking about before, he's like at a center for civic engagement. So like most of his work, even though he works with community partners, is trying to get students to think more about like issues within their community. And so like everything he does is something later on. Like he's hoping that students carry those ideas with them after they graduate. And I feel like raising a family is the same where you hope your kids turn out okay in the end and they think about their obligations to others and things like that. Um, I don't know how marketing would go into that, but maybe it does. Yeah, like the guy you talked about who like does all this like community work, it's I guess it's similar to raising a family in a way, because you're also you're just contributing like energy, time and devotion to to like other people and helping them in a way. I, I'm not sure how to finish that thought but um i don't know if i agree but i definitely like totally understand um the the points um and what you're bringing up about like future 
<laughs> investment sounds like sounds weird. Um, I know, yeah, but I know what you mean. Well, um, but I guess if I if I were to take like a hard line, like devil's advocate, I feel like, well, first off, one that's like you're putting all your burdens onto like your kids. You're like, okay, my value, my contribution to society are are you guys. So you guys <laughs> grow up and do something special, okay? That's on you now. That's not on. <laughs> that's that's the first. Okay, second second thing is is like, I don't. Uh, and it's kind of connected. It's kind of related to the first point. Like, if they don't actually end up like following through or like contributing, like there's no, you're not act like overall. Then there's no actual like net positive right like if, if if you're you're not in the end in the grand scheme of things if like if the world ended and you and god was like tallying up oh humanity's reached like plus some large number of karma points you're not contributing to that total by by pushing it off or raising kids uh, i mean at this at the same time like so you don't know. You don't know, like, if they will or if they won't. And in a position like that, so you're one person, you can contribute so many hours to doing something. But let's say he inspires five people to really get engaged with their community. Then that's four more people than he was. Like, so, but also at the same time, he could inspire zero people. And then at that point, it's like a net negative, right? Which I think is what you're trying to say. But you don't know. Like, th- those are all things, like, for the future, hoping for the best. You hope you inspire enough people to do it. Um, and I think that's why it's important to have people who do both, who try to, like, get the next generation to really think about, like, what their obligations are to the people around them. But also people who are, like, actively doing work. It's the same. Like, there's a bunch, like, nonprofits can do, like, boots on the ground work. But then there's also groups that do like advocacy and lobby Congress and try to do like top bottom changes because you do need both. You can't just do one way and be absent of the other if you want it to be like withstanding. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And also just kind of going back to the whole family thing. I don't think it's fair to your kids. Like as a, like um, for parents, I don't think it's fair when parents um, only focus on their kids like successes or what they do in life or like making sure that they follow in their footsteps I really don't think that's fair and I think kids should have the um the the choice to kind of follow their their own path so I think the the role of parents um would be to give their kids like a good starting point on that path you know like give them a good childhood give them love give them like food shelter all that and I think being able to give your love to your kids and your family should count like as I guess an obligation or it should count as something big that you're contributing to the people around you and I I don't think that should be like belittled. So would you say that the kids don't owe anything to their parents in terms of where they go with their own life? What do you mean like owe stuff to their parents? Like if your parent wanted you to and this is like typical Asian parent if your parent wanted you oh, yeah. to become a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer you 
you're you would say that the the child does not does not need to follow that path just because their parent wants them to, right? Um, no, not just because the parent wants them to. Like to a certain extent, I think the kid needs to realize that like the only reason the parents want them to be like a lawyer or a doctor or like one of those roles is only to look out for them. Like they want their kids to live their best lives. And I think at least in like the Asian family culture, that like message kind of gets lost a lot where people kind of see and their parents just forcing them to do things. When in reality, I think most parents just want the best for their kids. And that should be like a universal thing. So like what you were saying before about your kids, like in the future, not being a good investment or something, I don't think you should see it as that because that way you're kind of unfairly putting this burden on your kids to like live up to your expectations when you should really just be wanting them to be happy and living their best life and like not suffering later on in life, you know, like giving them all that you can. And do you think parents are obligated to like just give them what they need to be happy later on? I mean, I think that should be an obligation that comes with parenthood. Like if you're choosing to bring a kid into this life, then you should definitely be ready to give them, like to sacrifice things and give them, um, give them like what they need in life. And on that note. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to end it. Um, Do you have uh, any thoughts on what the beginning question was? Um. I was thinking like maybe the more like the meaning of life or like what what's the purpose of your life? That's kind of close. The guiding question was worded oddly, but it's to what are we obliged? Okay, I see. Yeah, and honestly, it I had other. I'm glad it kind of stayed specific to like people, but I had other questions that I might save about like obligations to things beyond people. Yeah, yeah. I think it was definitely good to be specific about like yeah. people is a good guiding point. Yeah, we could do we could definitely do a part two on this. Um yeah. but I like that I like that we started with me and I was like really jaded about <laughs> he said parents don't owe anything to children and children don't owe anything to parents and people should owe things to others but they don't <laughs> and it was Okay, but like that's a little bit true, I guess. Like you don't necessarily own anything to your kids, and your kids don't necessarily own anything to you. But I think in order for everyone to be happy, you know, maybe don't see it as you owe them something. Just see it as like just part of life. Yeah, yeah. It definitely in practice, it it's not that clear as like, oh, you owe me this, this, and this, right? Like it's it's more like fluid. It's more like based on your your emotions and your experiences with other people. Um, yeah, because I feel like if you just focus on like what, you know, like material things or what they owe you, you'll yeah. just end up like your kids will just put you in a nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina, you definitely made the conversation a lot more like wholesome. <laughs> yeah, and I think it made it more well-rounded. Great. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. Awesome. But I think that was a really good discussion. I'm glad I chose that. I really like that one. All right. Hope you want to wrap us up. Um, so that was episode insert number here. Um, and we talked about um, 
to What Are We Obliged? And I hope you all enjoyed our discussion. See you next time.